This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 7th of December 2022 at home in Wicklow. And it is an episode dedicated to the the idea that there are not enough good ideas out there in the world at the moment. Um, yeah, so really what I'm talking about is I feel that there's been uh, a poverty of political and social manifestos or documents, pamphlets, whatever. Um, and that it's a that that perhaps is a reflection of the the direction the world has moved in. Um, and this episode really is me trying to have a, a look at that and make sense of that. And one thing I was trying to kind of get to but failed to articulate explicitly is that perhaps there hasn't been a truly revolutionary period in in modern history since the 1960s. Um, the 1960s saw huge changes um, in terms of civil rights and social justice, um, cultural changes, changes, lifestyle changes, changes that flew in the face of the orthodoxy of political thought and of economic thought at the time. And I am struggling to think if there has been anything like that uh, since, if there's been a period of time of similar impact and import. Um, and that's that's 60 years ago. So I might be wrong. I mean, obviously there have been little flashpoints and there have been... Um, there's been social upheaval, there's been demonstrations, there's been, there's been protests, but I, I feel those have been isolated. Um, there haven't, there hasn't been such kind of a cohesive sense of this is the moment. This is a, a sort of an, an international zeitgeist almost that the, the sixties somehow represented. Um, and we're sort of overdue something like that again i think that's again i didn't explicitly get to state that but i feel fundamentally that's where that's where i was coming from in the episode so yeah you can have a listen um the first part of the episode is uh, a bit more focused on the domestic front the return of the return of the uh, the female members of the household and the integration of the the new member of the household being the the puppy so um there's that uh but otherwise yeah the the as the episode goes on i get into the main dish which is where is the the intellectual rigor the ideological rigor where are the ideas who are we listening to who should we be listening to um where's it going to come from so that's it. That's what's coming up. I hope you find time to listen and I hope you like what you hear. I will see you around the corner. Cheers. Ooh, not gonna change my mind. Leaving the dream behind. Keep my mojo in.
Hi, my name is Dara Clear, and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. You're very welcome to this moment. The moment that you've chosen. You made the choice. You chose to press play. So you're welcome to this moment that we're sharing whenever it is. It might be, it might be in the future. <laughs> it could be in the future. You might be listening to this months from now. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I hope you're well. I hope you're in a good moment in your life. I hope you're coping with whatever life is throwing at you or whatever life has thrown at you. Or maybe you're anticipating something being thrown at you. A tennis ball, perhaps. Anyway, I hope you're feeling capable. I hope you're feeling resilient. I hope you're feeling confident. I hope you're feeling like you can handle it. Because I think that is, that is the challenge. I think that continues to be the challenge. Can you handle it? And before, before we go any further, just take a beat. Take a beat right now. Pause. Turn off the engine. That's a, that's a metaphor. I don't mean, you know, if you're driving your car, don't turn off the engine. That might not be appropriate at this moment. But turn off the engine, the internal engine, those manically pedaling feet, and just allow yourself, permit yourself a moment of stillness, and allow yourself just to drop down through the floor of your feet in the best possible way. This isn't, this isn't a collapse. This is a pause where you're just going to let those shoulders drop. Let your thoughts drop. Let your energy sit lower and deeper in your body and feel that connection with this spinning ball that we all somehow manage to coexist on. And take a breath. Take a breath. And to borrow, to borrow a, a phrase from a wellness content creator who I met online recently. Take an intentional breath. So take a nice breath in through the nose and then release it out through the mouth. That's all. That's all I want you to do. Will you do that? Is that painful? Are you cringing? <laughs> Go on, do it. You'll be fine. We've got time. There's no rush. There's no panic. Now that you're here, just stop what you're doing for a second. Sit, be still, bring the energy back into yourself. Get ownership of your energy. So maybe I'll do it with you. In through the nose. You ready? Let's do it. In. Out through the mouth. (sighs) 
And then normal breathing again. Normal service resumes. Now, doesn't that feel even a tiny bit better? <laughs> you can do that. You can do that anytime you want. That's uh, That's what we forget. We forget. We just hurl ourselves into those forward circles, rolling over and over and away from ourselves, away from the ground, away from the ground, away from the ground. And we forget you can stop the bus anytime you want. We can do that. We have that power any place we want. All you do, if you're in company, you say, sorry, just give me a moment, please. If you have to leave the room or turn away or just go internal, who cares? Who cares what people think? Honest to God, who cares? Do it for you. Do it for yourself. Be your own minder. That's really it. That's that's the mantra. I mean, that's really it's where I'm coming from so often on this on this tell, this tell that is the the journey, the journey through life. The journey through coping with the the mundane struggles of being alive in this moment. Okay, I think I, I feel like we're ready to begin. I feel I benefited from that, even if you didn't. Because um, don't forget, if you're ever unsure, don't ever forget. I am always talking to myself. <laughs> I sit here at the microphone in hashtag blessed with no one else around and I talk to myself and my brain allows the possibility that there might be someone li- someone listening by the time this is out there in the world um, and I go through this charade as I record that people are listening as I speak which is completely impossible because <laughs> it's only me it's only me or the little people who live in my computer. Maybe they're listening going, oh, Jesus wept. He's at it again. Please, please let it end. <sighs> so there you go. Okay, listen. I'm going to, uh, you heard that gear change, didn't you? Did you hear that gear change? I heard it. I heard it in my voice. I just went up a, up a couple of gears. Not in top gear yet. That may or may not happen. Who knows? So, let's get the let's get the party started. Um, my girls are back. That's that's the big change since last week. So that's good. We have a full household again, and they met the puppy. If you were listening last week, I told you I got the I got the girls. The girls being my wife and daughter, I got them a surprise puppy as a present for when they returned from their five-week trip to Australia, um, where they were visiting my wife's family. So that went quite well. That went about as well as uh, one could have hoped. And in this case, I am that one. So I I brought them back down from the airport, weary, jet-lagged, seedy, rancid, as those 24-hour journeys can leave one feeling particularly if one has traveled in economy class and um i i just made up this ridiculous scenario and i said oh look do you mind do you mind entering the house through that door 
because I've made a change to that room that's on the other side of that door, which happens, which happens to be our little utility room here at Hashtag Blessed. That's where the, uh, if you don't know what a utility room is, it's, it's where the washing machine is. And the, there's a dryer, which we never use for fear of, um, <laughs> for, for fear of crashing the network, the network of electricity, crashing the grid. Um, anyway, so they, they humoured me and um, yeah, I had my little camera out on the phone to try and capture the moment. And they entered thinking that perhaps I'd done up the utility room as some sort of Christmas winter wonderland. But they opened the door and there was that little, that little bundle of hairy, smelly joy. Pepper, the Border Collie puppy, who just showered them with instant adoration. And um, yeah, they were thrilled, which was nice, which was lovely, which is exactly what I wanted. And then (laughs) over the subsequent days, that feeling of being thrilled wore away as they're like, oh, my God, this puppy is out of control and down, Pepper. No, stop. No, bad dog. Stop it. Get down. Although, to be fair, I don't think I don't think I've heard that phrase, bad dog. I don't think that would be um, part of how we approach things here. Um unless I'm really sitting down and trying to do a deep existential chat with the dog and going, you really are a bad dog. You are a bad, bad dog. Or even worse, you're a bad girl. A bad, bad girl, because Pepper's a she. Anyway, that um, that is now part of the... Uh, it's part of the fabric of the experience here in, in Hashtag Blessed. And we're all finding a way. The, um, the dynamics have been lively. They have been lively. Um, we have sort of different approaches to how we feel the dog should be broken in, so to speak, trained. Um, I tend to lean towards the, um, the alpha dog in the pack theory which is not which is not i'm just going to jump in straight away which is not some big ego trip i'm not trying to assert my strength and power and feed some narcissistic you know trip um i just believe that's what dogs recognize and understand that someone's in charge and someone will give them a bite or uh uh, a disciplinary puck on the on the nose so um i don't hesitate and it's you know it, it, it it's effective and um yeah i don't know i mean it sounds <laughs> it sounds like i'm couching my words you have visions of me kicking the lord out of this dog no not true this um this dog is loved loved and <laughs> cuddled and kissed um yeah it's ridiculous i've never i've never had that relationship i've never had that, <laughs> i've never had that relationship with a dog before but suddenly it's your own and i brought this dog into our little abode into our family into our crew into our pack and um yeah i feel very responsible anyway there you go. So that was nice. That was that's uh, so we're all kind of you know it's a week on more or less. The girls were 
they 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 arrived uh, more or less this time last week, and um, jet lag is more or less dealt with, and we're trying to get back into the groove. And it's a busy time of year. It's always busy. There's stuff going on, and um, that's that's just what it is. It is what it is, and. We're big Christmas fans in this house. We're looking forward to it. We got a beautiful tree yesterday. So nice. Managed to get a a tree locally, paid for it, but it was not expensive. And the money was going to charity, which was really nice. There's not not enough of that, I think, um, if if you're someone who's going to go out and pay, pay money for a tree. I mean, there's certainly been a long tradition in my family of um, you go and grab a tree from a field <laughs> or from a forest or from wherever I don't know if that counts as stealing trees I don't think it does that's just been the normal way to go about business but uh, I did that last year and I got the trees I got were, were weren't good they were letdowns they were scraggly and scratchy and they just weren't the right kind of Christmas tree but this year my wife I told her where to get them and um, she brought a beautiful one home yesterday which is great so we put that up last night yet yet to be decorated but it will be I might be on the mission on the mission list today so how amazing for us how fascinating and interesting they got a Christmas tree for Christmas they're going to decorate it later oh I love how he talks about the Christmas tree so um I, I had to spend a bit of time before I started recording today working out my um, my sound levels because the software I used to record the podcast had an update and the some of the information on the, uh, the software changed and I was just struggling to select my preferred recording level. So I think the last two or three maybe even four episodes i don't know what your experience has been if you're a regular listener but they might have been a little bit loud um and i'm just yeah i was just trying to address that before i before i started to record today which i've done so um the top end of my voice shouldn't be uh it shouldn't be too loud and drown everything out you know that sort of stuff is uh, it's very annoying annoying a little bit challenging frustrating um and it's you're on your own when you're doing something like this by yourself and you're not really a tech person that's me um a lot of podcasts particularly you know the higher the higher end professional um podcasts they have producers they're there you know doing their thing and it makes a difference to the whole experience anyway yes um i think there was something else on my mind as well what was it what was it oh yeah i I was going to i mean you know i'm i'm very accepting particularly because of the way i record this podcast um in terms of how i create an episode and how i sort of free flow with the content usually attaching my ideas to maybe two or three or four different um, areas of focus and I try to kind of draw a thread of connectivity through those and I think most of the time I'm pretty successful at doing that and most of the time I manage to 
retain my own focus and flow through what is usually an episode of about 75 to 80 minutes. Um, last week I, I, I failed and last week it really was. I mean, I, I kind of put the episode up and named it. Um, named it in a way that I felt reflected the um, the lack of cohesion. And I think I called it a mishmash zigzag of an episode. And it was a, just a little bit, it was a bit woolly, a bit fudgy. And it just didn't, um, in my opinion, it just lacked, it just lacked a bit of tightness. And I just didn't, for whatever reason, I think I was just knackered when I was recording it and just kind of getting ready for um, the girls to come home um, and recorded it again under pressure. It just has been a busy time. And I guess I could have made the decision not to put it out, but it was a bit it was a bit sloppy and the ideas were soggy. And I really, particularly when I was trying to express myself around the conflict in the Ukraine and war, the idea of war in general, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I was disappointed with with what I put out there. It just wasn't particularly interesting or uh, incisive. And yeah, I just didn't put out, put across my feelings or thoughts around that particularly well. Um, so again, something I may revisit at another time. Okay, so that's that. Boom, done. Now, today, today, for some reason, and I, I, I don't know where this started. I don't know where this started, but something jumped in my head a few days ago. A little flag went up. And for some reason, I was thinking of Das Kapital. Is that Karl Marx? Am I right? Am I wrong? Um, I'm just going to again I'm just going to double check that just to make sure I'm getting my, my, my references right um, so that's Capital yeah Capital Critique Capital Critique of Political Economy book by Karl Marx so for some reason Das Kapital just the title jumped in my head and I'm not sure what the stimulus was I don't know what put that in there there was something uh, some random comic aside in my brain in relation to something being read it might have been thinking about my daughter I don't know what um and because that came in my head I thought about the the communist manifesto which is Engels and Marx and I then was thinking about other political tracts other political pamphlets other works of political vision or social vision. I was thinking of maybe people like Thomas Hobbes um, and, you know, others in that ilk, probably a lot of thinkers from the, from the kind of the 19th century perhaps and the early to mid 20th century. Um, I was even thinking of... Um, Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Um, these these texts that lay out a vision for the world. Now, I'm not trying to set up an equivalence 
um, or a sort of a validation of um, Mein Kampf with other um, less less sort of insidious or less uh, prejudicial or less racist um, ideas. However, the thought occurred to me that I, I just found myself kind of thinking, well, where where are the equivalents of those texts, those publications, those books, those ideas now? Where are they? And I guess someone like Noam Chomsky comes to mind as one of the sort of big intellectual figures of the last whatever 40 50 years um maybe maybe not even as far back as that um and obviously Chomsky has a particular leaning a particular slant which I'd be pretty sympathetic to um I don't know maybe a female writer like Naomi Klein and that's a, you know that's a, that's a very particular area I suppose and, and you know other women with sort of idea you know big ideas around what they're interested in or their vision of the world like maybe someone like Jermaine Greer who probably has become a bit of an iconoclast at this stage um but her her book was you know the female eunuch wasn't it you know these texts um I mean that that's that's a slight departure. Maybe it's that's shifting into a different area, but I just have this sense, and I'm not sure if it's right or wrong. But like I think of my father's generation, and my father would have been um, politically awake or politically alive, politically engaged. Uh, I'm very interested in um, politics of the left and socialism and looking at that whole history of political and ideological and social thought that came out of, um, you know, Russia and I guess Germany um, around the sort of early 20th century through to um i guess the 30s and 40s and i suppose when my father kind of came of age um which would have been let's say born in 42 so say if he was 16 what was that 58 18 so that kind of time when he was in um college um and really engaging with those ideas and i, I know that's a that's kind of a cliche of the university student when young people are suddenly having that intellectual awakening and they're very passionate for a brief time. Um, and maybe those experiences or that education can shape one's politics for life. Um, I'm not sure about that exactly. As I mean, that, that's a theory, I suppose. Uh, I think one's politics probably get shaped by... Uh, one's experiences in life, one's experience in in the workplace, perhaps. Certainly, um, your politics would be affected by your experience in 
in what in terms of what you inherit in your own family, the, the kind of political culture or environment that you're you're raised in, the values, the political values that are handed down to you. Um, and I've certainly been influenced in that regard by you know by my parents um, who would have been alternative leaning, uh, who would have been you know hippies, socially aware, socially sort of caring. Um, and interested in ideas and lived a lifestyle that adhered to their values, I suppose. Um, that, you know, it's nothing's ever as simple as that. Um, there's always complexity and grey areas, which is fine. Um, but in my mind, I suppose, I have this romanticized idea and and sorry just to 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 conclude the point i was making about my father and his generation um you know like that 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 time if you're if you were coming of age um or certainly entering adulthood or young adulthood in the you know in the early 60s i mean that was around the world a time of revolution it was a time of trying to throw off the 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 orthodoxy um uh, and kind of the, the the patriarchal structures um and broaden the political and ideological sort of dialogue um and if you think about it that was that was a massive shift, of course. It was a massive shift coming after the the huge conflict of the mid twentieth century, the Second World War, and how that. I think how that sort of altered um, a sort of a, and you know, it, it, I think it altered the consciousness of the world of how dire and horrifying war could be particularly as the the information about the the concentration camps came out because my understanding unless i'm a really terrible student of history is that that information and what hitler and the the nazi regime had been doing um in terms of concentration camps or extermination camps and the kind of the systematic um the systematic attempt to eradicate the jewish race uh that really only revealed itself at the end of the war um is my understanding and it was a very i think it was a real sort of and, and not to not to be sort of glib about it but i think it was a real oh shit moment for the world um to kind of go you know did we really let this happen now you would have to say if you look through the rest of the 20th century and the various conflicts that happened around the world and the various um atrocities the various 
uh, punitive and atrocious regimes in different parts of the world and what different dictators and leaders and um, you know institutions of power got up to that the lessons don't get learned um, and behavior doesn't change people who see an opportunity for power or whose pathology or particular personality aligned with a social or political opportunity when that falls into a particular a particular sort of melting pot of ingredients things can get very very dark and sinister and extremely violent very quickly and when that's incorporated into a sort of sanct uh, yeah a sanctioned um a sanctioned regime of this is what is best for the country this is what's right and it it's truly truly horrifying and the most extreme crimes against humanity have been committed in those under those circumstances um and i think far worse and far more offensive in to my mind than the kind of individual crimes of violence or sexual violence or whatever that you know historically make the you know make the headlines and make the news and you know fear of serial killers and all the rest there's something that we do um ar- around kind of conflict and some look maybe i am recalling some of the stuff that uh i didn't speak about last week um and this this is and uh, in, in spite of how it may sound this is a bit of a tangent uh this week but um there is there's something we do to kind of um generalize that 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 experience to generalize that the the perception of conflict and to to, to detach ourselves and it's i i find it i mean i find it fascinating and i'm certainly guilty of it myself this thing of oh that's happening over there and that's between those groups and yeah i think i'm i'm just gonna you know not get involved um and i suppose it's the the there's a name for it isn't it the, the the kind of the psychological thing the the bystander um syndrome or i think that's what it's called isn't it um whereby someone simply goes that's got nothing to do with me i'm not involved in that i'm going to keep moving thanks very much and stay on my safe little track so don't misunderstand me when i talk about that i'm not suggesting oh I want to I want to mobilize and get over to Ukraine and see what I can do. I'm very much not motivated in that direction. Um and I think that would be absurd if suddenly people were flocking all over the world to a particular conflict. Although I guess that's what happened during the Spanish Civil War, isn't it? There were a lot of um idealistic and passionate uh young people who left their shores to go and fight against Franco and the kind of fascist regime there. And it's hard not to admire that. 
Um, but conflict, particularly in, in the modern age, feels very muddy and very ambiguous politically. And this does return me to the main thing I want to talk about today and what I started talking about, which is the the lack of ideas, the lack of clear thinking, the lack of the expression of clear ideas, um, a kind of a, a dearth of political manifestos for the greater good, I suppose. And again, you know, it's a very subjective term. And this is political. It is political. But I don't have a sense that people are falling over themselves at the moment trying to go, you know, what this person says is right. This is the vision for the future. This is how the world should be. Whereas when I think back to something like the Communist Manifesto, and again, I confess, I probably romanticize it, but I think people like this is a world changing text. This is a powerful, powerful, radical, revolutionary, cohesive idea that could change everything. And to my mind, when I reflect on where we're at now in 2022 and look around the world and see what's happening politically, um, economically um, and culturally, I suppose, I just feel that there's, I don't feel the energy I don't feel the energy being directed into a restructuring idea into this is all very broken um, and we need to massively rethink how we view existence and how we view coexistence on on this planet um and the i mean the marx line is religion is the the opium of the people um you know the great sort of the great sedative that's that's changed of course um because time has changed and the place of the place of faith has changed uh, over the you know the hundred or so years since um, the rise of kind of communism leftist thought but I think the the sort of the the, the, the tech age the digital age um, and you know the, the the rise of of the you know the, the rise of what the internet has allowed us to do 
and the rise of what you know of how the internet has allowed us to to interact with each other and to engage with the world and to engage with um you know with markets and to engage with opinion and voices um it's all i don't know is 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 it is it all just are we just awash with way too much this i've spoken before i mean i refer to the digital age the tech age i also refer to this time as as the age of distraction and the age of you know dwindling attention spans um the, the you know the age of the constant click the age of the constant looking back to the screen um and generationally we are getting conditioned away from focus we're getting conditioned away from reflection we're getting conditioned away from cultivating and examining our own ideas and it's to the massive detriment of you know to the massive detriment of a sort of intellectual political social rigor in the area of ideas and how we're looking to sort of troubleshoot this massive worldwide crisis of of uh, of economics of wealth sharing of power sharing of of home ownership um and then the the other ones on the list I always throw in, which would be you know healthcare, access to education, um, and fundamentally, what it seems to come down to to me anyway is affordable baseline lifestyle. Um, I mean, lifestyle is a word that has certain connotations, certain associations. Um, that's not that's the lifestyle I want. Um, certain kind of aspirational ideas. But when I'm talking about like the baseline, I'm just talking about that your needs, your needs being met and your needs being meetable, graspable without undue duress. And as far as I can tell, huge numbers of people are not in that situation. Huge numbers of people can't meet their baseline needs without a disproportionate amount of duress um stress anxiety um conflict personal failure um desperation um and there is i i i i mean i'm i'm amazed if you can't see or engage with an idea of profound social injustice around that 
and it's not this isn't this isn't my attempt to to advocate for um I don't know. I, I mean, I'm stopping myself saying it. I was going to say it's not my. I'm not trying to kind of advocate for a a welfare state, but there is a huge part of my political belief that is like, yeah, sure. I mean, we pay tax. Um, taxes. I'm happy for taxes to go towards making things better for everyone and more affordable for everyone, or free for everyone. Uh, I think that's a good way to spend that money. Um, and you think in a country of Ireland's size, it should be so doable. It should be so doable. And again, my impression is that there's an awful lot of money in this country. And yet it does seem there's a profound crisis of homelessness. There's a profound crisis of people just being priced out of life. And not being able to survive. Um, There's a a fuel crisis. Like a heating crisis. A power crisis. Uh, Now people would say. Oh it's just inflation. And it's a cycle. And it'll come down again. But. I'm not sure I've ever known it to be this bad. And maybe. You know this is. You know maybe this is a. A moving scale. Where people go yeah but hold on if you go back to the 80s when you know that was a that was a recession um you know they were tough times um and you know sure i mean i was a kid in the 80s but still (laughs) you know ireland was a very different place then um which many places were 40 years ago or however long it's been um but maybe in the 80s ireland didn't have so much money in it and so the recession really did affect an awful lot of people whereas i feel now there is money here there is money in the country um but a lot of people are being shut out and left behind now again one of my father's favorite cliches as he raises uh, a defiant fist from the table is the crisis of capitalism is upon us and I guess that idea is, you know, the world, it's kind of like the world will eat itself. This idea of consumption and that that's, in a way, that's where I wanted to go with the the alternative phrase. Instead of religion is the opium of the people, it's like consumption is the opium of the people. Can we convince enough people? Can we convince enough people that they can buy their way to happiness? They can buy their way to a better life. And this the struggle constantly is the accumulation of more, the accumulation of new, the accumulation of the latest. Uh, I mean, that model is still alive and kicking. That model is still alive and well. Um, and it's, I can't stand it. I can't stand it personally. I think there's so little value in it. Um, you know, it, it, it should be, you know, and again, and this is about changing the frame. This is about bringing in the, the you know, an idea that says you don't need all this stuff. You don't need all this stuff. Um, I know there was, there was an article I saw the other day in, 
it was a, a discarded financial times lying in a skip <laughs> and that's a that's a phenomenon all of its own how a thrown away newspaper is always always seems to have something that is of compelling interest <laughs> i remember you know when i you know when the time was when i used to have shoes to shine shoes to polish and shine uh, my own that wasn't my job um you know you'd lay out some newspaper and you'd always find something in the newspaper that was covered in you know bits of waxy shoe polish you'd find something that oh wow i haven't read that that's interesting but um in any case i saw this discarded um i'm sure yeah the financial times are you know one of the business papers the pink one and it was an article about you know shopping addiction and how a lot of people who are lonely or have anxiety that that's one of their coping mechanisms um and as someone who was interviewed for the article said it's it's my dopamine hit when i start thinking about what i can go and buy all my stresses melt away um and people are getting themselves into massive massive debt um and there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of um shops or um retail retail um platforms um websites whatever that will offer this idea of buy now pay later and in that article i think they were citing that that industry that buy now pay later part of the retail industry um over the next i think five to seven years will be worth trillions um in terms of the i guess the the you know the the financial hole that people are going to dig themselves into um so i mean that is in the mix and i don't know it's i I, i'm such a i'm such a poor scholar i think um and so ill-informed and i kind of go by these kind of broad brush strokes and instincts and my kind of scanned uh gleaning of you know how i see the situation but you know there there's there's something else in the mix when again you look to who are the figures of influence in the world and I was having a go with these guys not that long ago, a couple of episodes ago. But when I think of hugely powerful and influential um, business people in the world today, and I go to big tech and I think of uh, Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. And there's something, there's something fundamentally um i i mean i i don't want to say immoral because i'm not i'm not kind of judging them on that front i I kind of think like you know whatever i just think oh yeah you're businessmen that's it you're businessmen and hugely hugely successful businessmen um who have 
you know, who fundamentally, I think, had one idea. Um, if that's not too harsh, um, you know, the fundamental ideas were um, obviously Facebook, the social network idea, Amazon, the online sales idea. And in Elon Musk's case, he was, it wasn't the Elon Musk behind PayPal. Um, so the kind of online payment system, because um, I mean, like Elon Musk didn't invent Tesla, did he? He Like he bought it. Um, and then has tried to kind of grow it and anyway and now whatever he's taken over Twitter and doing some strange things there but you if you stop and ask yourself even if you step back and go I admire those men for their their business kind of stratagems I, I, I for their business acumen I admire the 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 business empires that they have built through you know chutzpah and and ego and a certain amount of vision i guess um and i I suppose on a level i can step back and go okay i can see that as well like you know that's one person with the with the will and the desire um and the commitment to an idea um and you know to go and try and make it work um, I don't really know much. I don't know anything about their, you know, their starting points. Um, I don't know if they started from strong financial backgrounds or generational wealth or whatever. I mean, that's that's that can be in the mix. Um, it's something people maybe don't always acknowledge um, because there's generational opportunity, generational advantage, generational wealth, and then there's the opposite of those things: generational poverty generational disadvantage generational disenfranchisement uh where you're never never really getting the the nice start that would make things so much easier and then that's when the you know the thatcherites kick in and you know the old pull yourself up by your bootstraps brigade begin and it's a very it's a very disingenuous take it's a very disingenuous take um and doesn't look at the the broader the broader picture and doesn't look at the realities of that and often people don't look at the realities of that because they've no sense of what those realities are and there's a complete disconnection and that's something that a lot of political classes are guilty of just no comprehension no understanding of what it is to be at the the lower ends of society but in any case if i go back to my my three poster boys musk bezos zuckerberg I ask myself, where are their ideas for a better world? Where are their ideas for making things better for everyone? And you might go, well, it's not there. They're just businessmen. They're, you know, they're, they're shop owners. They're not, they're not meant to be the ideas people. But that's the bloody problem, isn't it? Because if these are the people who get celebrated and fated um, and they're the, the people at the top of the financial pyramid, that's, that's what people go, oh, maybe I can make a Facebook, maybe I can make an Amazon, maybe I can make a, a PayPal or a Tesla or whatever. And again, it reinforces, it reinforces that model of 
um, you know, make something, sell something, transaction, 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 uh, business, accumulate, amass, rise to the top. Um, and I don't know. You can go, well, how's, how's that going? How's that working for everybody else? Um, it doesn't seem to be working that well when people can't afford to heat their homes. And when that's happening in a country where there's an abundance of, of wealth, um, that's a problem. So my itch is for the ideas. Like where are the ideas coming from? Because again, if you think of people who have huge followings and who've had, who have had or who continue to have massive profiles in in the, in the public eye and massive influence. Um, and for example, if I take someone like Jordan Peterson, I don't think of Jordan Peterson as a great public intellectual. I think he tapped into a moment um, and and sort of tapped into a, sort of a, a trigger point for woke politics around the use of personal pronouns. And it was an opportunity for quite a quirky intellectual or some pretty quirky ideas who, you know, from his sort of um, psychology background, some of that stuff I've always found pretty palatable and straightforward. Um, and some of his other ideas less interesting and his 12 rules, which again, as far as I could tell, um, was a, another sort of, uh, you know, again, a bit of a sort of, you know, we have pull your, you know, pull up your pants, you know, <laughs> fasten your belt, button your shirt, stand up straight. Very sort of old school kind of stand up and take responsibility for your own stuff, you know, tidy your room, have a bit of self-respect i mean i just didn't find anything remotely radical or revolutionary in what he was saying um and similarly somebody like i don't know somebody like joe rogan who has again enormous an enormous sort of profile presence an enormous kind of figure of of influence but i don't I, I you know he I, I I don't see the I don't see kind of the, the the bigger picture of what's the vision Joe like where where are you taking us you know let's smoke dope let's work on our bodies let's talk to people um, I mean okay I mean I guess I mean I'm not a I'm not a dope smoker um, I'd like to try and stay in shape that's good. Um, you know, again, I might be, I mean, I don't have any kind of big axe to grind with Joe Rogan. I mean, some stuff that he's come out with, I've um, found myself going, what, what, really, Joe? Is that, um, I don't know. There's something about him that I, that I just, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't know what it is, if it's his mode of delivery, um, if it's the bro thing. It's very blokey. It's a bit alpha. Everyone, you know, who he doesn't agree with is a bitch. I mean, it kind of lose me right there. Um, but it does seem that, like Peterson, for example, 
they ta- they've tapped into something. They've tapped into a certain um, a certain anger. I feel a certain male anger, um, and have ridden it as far as they 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 you know ridden it as far as they can. I mean, Joe Rogan's still doing it. Peterson, of course, had his, has had his struggles. Um, with his own kind of mental health and there was such a huge pile on on Jordan Peterson um, which I think was completely excessive he you know again I never felt threatened by Jordan Peterson or his ideas I think he was just saying things that weren't particularly popular I think he had a mode of saying them that irked people who were sensitive to some of his positions um but he he you know it feels like his moment has passed um as much as i'm sure he'll continue writing and continue speaking and continue to have a following um but he he was sort of uh he burned very bright for a while um but he he does feel to an extent you know to an extent he feels a little bit like yesterday's news and that to me is connected to the 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 ideas i don't know how you know if his ideas will endure um beyond that moment in in you know in in a deeper way now there, I, mean, I know i've got friends who are you know fans of uh the 12 rules and whatnot and they'll go no i think you've misrepresented that there so um you know feel free to to give me your thoughts but um yeah i like there's again there's something about if those just as those two examples i just gave rogan and peterson um if they're the sort of arbiters of of ideas um are the conduits for an emotional um you know an emotional sort of what conduits for the release of profound unhappiness on some levels and again that might not be quite so accurate for joe rogan but think for in peterson case it was it's like there's something that has been sort of fomenting or or percolating or or bubbling in the you know in the consciousness and around the world um and i think the rise of populist politicians is connected to this as well although uh bolsonaro i was happy to see um it was no longer is no longer in power in brazil um trump may or may not come again um there are others like them um you know all of those things to me are indications of you know a a lack of ideas a lack of better alternatives why did so many people feel yep this guy this guy feels like the guy this and in most of these cases this clearly sort of uh you know egotistical highly opinionated um male figure uh is out there putting himself about unafraid to be controversial unafraid to be divisive uh, unafraid to have you know their ideas um used as tools of division um and 
people who are clearly loving the you know being in the limelight loving the position of power um and it's problematic to me i kind of go well where you know where are the other (laughs) where are the other voices where are the other people where are the other ideas where are the other manifestos where are the other tracts that are lifting people um and making people open up rather than kind of dig down um because i think you know the, the the culture wars and identity politics is in the mix with all of this there's something extremely attritional that a lot of these figures have been able to sort of tap into and exploit and stir up and exacerbate um and it i, I mean i just don't think it's helped i don't think it's helped um and there's been a a deafening silence as far as I can hear or not hear um, in the area of hold on a second lads you're thinking about this all wrong this is where we need to be focusing this is what we need to be looking at these are the solutions so it's like we need you know engineers philosophers engineers you know of social thought engineers of social ideology and of social vision and of political vision that want to look at the broader picture of and 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 maybe this is why it's all so difficult that the world has changed it feels like it's changed very quickly and it feels like it's changed from much more discrete political entities much more discrete national entities, and I am talking about countries, borders, continents, um, political, geopolitical alliances, organizations. Um, In a way, it feels like many of these institutions are no longer fit for purpose, or we have to completely rethink them and go, this you know the world that was is no longer the world that is and it the world that is partly because of the tech explosion partly because of um the 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 acceleration that the internet has facilitated the sort of um uh, economic commercial acceleration um the the cultural acceleration the life-changing behavioral acceleration that technology has facilitated um has sped the world so far and fast away from what it was that the ideas can't keep up the ideas haven't been able to keep up but the thing is underneath all the technological advances underneath the the screens underneath the the deluge of opinion makers people are still the same people still need to eat people still need to live people still need to be housed educated 
taken care of by a health system, a health system that can do what it's supposed to do. People still need to have the means of social, face-to-face social engagement, um, a means to be a part of a face-to-face human community. Um, So underneath all these changes that have taken us into tech land and altered our brains um, and made us engage made us i say made well i mean you know you could argue you know a certain amount of agency has been taken away depending on what you believe about how susceptible our brains are uh, on a subconscious level to all the prompts and stimuli that have abounded from tech over the last 20 years particularly um you know so we've been sort of manipulated by the technology around us um this kind of ugly symbiosis that has has taken place and dehumanized us maybe to a certain extent and again in the in the poverty of that transaction like the the impoverish, impoverishment impoverishment of the human sense and the human experience the the sort of the 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 technification of human engagement that has opened a doorway for the you know the kind of angry divisive politics that have had been able to gain such a purchase in recent years and a sort of a an assassination of a generosity of spirit that really keeps people grounded in hold on this is you know this way of living isn't sustainable we've got to remember that you know an economic revolution is really what needs to happen um and we're maybe allowing ourselves to be just distracted again and again and again and again by everything else that's out there everything else that's out there um you know the, the, the you know that the faces and the opinions and the, the 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 financial and business entities that seem to dominate international discourse to a certain level um and again the 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 consumerism machine keeps on rolling 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 um and that's a huge part of a huge part of the sort of the 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 kind of the, the the economic dynamic of the world but i don't know i don't know i'm not sure i'm not sure it's been working so well are you um and again i'm 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 speaking like a hippie i suppose i'm not speaking like an economist or someone who's looking at this coldly and analytically um so you know i apologize i've probably i'm probably i've probably missed out some key you know cohesive points here that would sort of you know clarify things further but um i suppose i'm just trying to express my own sense of frustration or my own sense of concern um i'm trying to raise my own flag uh because i think this is all massively connected to our sense of 
wellness massively connected to our sense of resilience um massively connected to a sensation of being overwhelmed of things being unmanageable of feeling like the options are running out feelings of defeat um and that's no way to live that's no way to live i do not believe in this at this point in human history at this point in human and social evolution that that's how people should be feeling it you know things things have to change they have to change they have to get better some agency has to be restored and a distribution of it is about a distribution of wealth it's about a distribution of opportunity um and it's about leveling things a bit more and not having this massive massive and ever increasing gap between those that have and those that don't um but i don't i don't know that i i mean god i mean to state the absolute obvious i mean i don't have a solution i do think trying to talk about these things contributes in some minuscule way um i think it is about you know part of it is connected to really engaging rigorously with your own thinking your own ideas and keeping a sense of what's real and what's real is often connected to what you can afford to do and how you can afford to live and how much energy you have to expend on on things that should be much easier to to access much easier to acquire and much easier to sustain and if there's a disproportionate amount of our energy our physical energy and our mental energy and our emotional energy being spent on things that should be that should come much easier to us through our own hard work or our own application our own education uh, our own you know honesty of effort um that's that's a broken system that's a broken system um and people who say they're looking after that or addressing that are failing and the the presentation of ideas and solutions is failing we need something different yeah okay there you go happy christmas <laughs> okay i'm gonna leave it there um i hope that sort of hung together um yeah so there you go that's uh that's another another episode of the clear out which is wellness with with attitude i think you got a bit of the attitude there did you i hope that breath sustained you through that um somewhat political rant um 
I'll be back. I'll be back next week. Um, it is. It is December after all. It was December last week too, and it'll be December next week. I think the next couple of episodes. Excuse me. Sorry. I'll be leaning more towards the uh, the festive side of things, and uh, maybe in two weeks, if all goes well, I'll be able to uh, release a Christmas episode with a bit of a bit of music and maybe a new a new Christmas story. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. Listen, thank you so much for listening. If you got this far, I really appreciate your support. And please do, please do use the social media links to go, I liked this episode. I like this podcast. Uh, I like this guy. I like what he does. Um, And if you're so motivated, you can even financially support the podcast, this independent enterprise using the Patreon link. That's patreon.com forward slash the clear out. There should also be a supporter link um, if you're listening through uh, through Acast, uh, which I use to present this show. Um, so yeah, there's options. There's always options. But again, if this isn't something you feel like putting your hard-earned pound notes behind, your hard-earned euros or dollars or yen, or rand or whatever uh that's okay that's okay you know life life goes on i'll keep doing it but uh, it does help to subscribe to to follow to to like to leave a review somewhere um and to generally put something out there to share uh to share what i'm doing if you're if you're enjoying it and if you don't enjoy it just don't say anything to anyone Okay, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. Little golden rule there. Okay, thanks for listening. Do take care of yourselves. Do look for some nice ideas, some better ideas, some revolutionary ideas. And um, yeah, share them with others. Engage, engage the brain. Engage, engage your spirit. Engage your will. You never know. I might start a revolution. Okay, I will talk to you next week. Have a a lovely week. Do take care of yourself. Be safe, be well. All the best. See you. Bye.